Bill, there's something cooking in that boy's head, and we didn't put it there. General, we needed him to think for himself. The simple but amazing fact here is that killing innocent people makes Solo feel bad. Feel bad? He isn't supposed to feel anything. He's a goddamn weapon. When's he going to start acting like one? Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And this time we're going to be talking about a book titled Weapon by Robert Mason from 1989 that was adapted into a very bad movie named Solo, <laughs> titled Solo, in 1996, starring It was Mario just a Vendor. very movie, okay? It, was, it very much was a movie, yes. A very 90s action Television <laughs> production values movie, yes. But we will start by talking about the book, and we have some extra content here because Colin reached out to the author, and so we, we have some opinions, and he has opinions from the author. <laughs> uh, previous history with this book, none? Uh, book, none. Okay. No. Movie. You had seen movie. I had seen the movie back in the 1990s. Yep. In the theater? Or... Uh, no, I think we saw it on VHS. Okay. Pretty sure it was one of those TNT reruns. That I watched like all the time. Oh, you saw it too? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the only one who hadn't seen this or read what? the book. You hadn't seen it before? No. Like Damn. I knew of the movie. No kidding. But huh. th- th- it was not the kind of movie that I would go to with Elaine and we were right. married. And uh, Okay. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, it would have been the kind of thing that I would have watched on TNT if, yeah. if it was around. Yeah, 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 probably. Totally. Yeah. None of it rung a bell. And right. usually I'm, I'm good for memory. So. All right. And it's also not Soldier, the Kurt Russell movie. It's also not Soldier. No, and it's not, it's not Solo, not, Star not Wars Not Universal story. Soldier either. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> yes, not, n- not um, the Star Wars movie either. Right, no. <laughs> so the first thing that I wrote down in my notes is, what is the political situation at the beginning of this, this novel? Because I kind of had to cast my mind back into the 80s. In the and novel, yes. I think early on somebody refers to someone as Sandy's. The Sandinistas. Yeah, the Sandinistas. Right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and so I'm like, oh, it's like Iran-Contra affair time yep. frame. <laughs> uh, where the United States was propping up the anti-communist communist forces. forces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, of course, communists are the bad guys. Right. Uh, except in this story, which was right. a bit of a challenge sometimes. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. So let's, uh, broad strokes, talk about what, what is the story of Solo, the novel. The story of Solo. Oh, you, wait a oh, minute. Oh, sorry. Weapon, the novel. The story of Weapon, the novel, starring Solo. Yes. That's the confusing part, because the second book in right. the series is titled Solo. Solo, yeah. But the movie is titled Solo, even though it's also based on a book called Weapon. You don't have to do the, the recap if you don't want to, because we've got you uh, for doing a bunch of stuff later. And I, I tend to be long-winded on those things. Okay. James? Okay. It's a bunch of anti-commie propaganda. <laughs> oh, that's not what I thought at all. I thought it was very pro-commie. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, well, let's, let's, well, here, let's start a 50,000-foot view. Fair enough. S- Solo was created as a weapon, and to test the weapon, they deploy it, him, them, it, uh, in Central America. We don't know his pronouns. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I said his. <laughs> and Catch-22. Uh, it has a problem with killing. Right. And in order to avoid, well, I don't remember the, what caused him to run it first. Oh, because they were going to deactivate him. He, he, did, he did overhear the chatter. Pretty sure, yeah. He overheard the, the radio chatter because his whole body is like a radio antenna. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he overheard the chatter. They were going to uh, basically reprogram him because he had a problem killing. 
uh, because right. his whole point was to kill. And so at that well, point, he... But the whole point wasn't to kill, right? He, to, to him, it was a training exercise, and the only important thing was to get into the tactical position, right. be ready to take the shot, and then taking the shot was secondary, right? Right. Yeah, no, they, no, no, they no, no. They, they were going to send him in on a mission, though. They were going to send him on an assassination mission. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and that's what he didn't want to do. Mm. And, and so he chose to fly off instead. Yeah. Unfortunately, he flew off while he was low battery. <laughs> yes. Right. And right. That, that's, what get, that's what kind of puts him in the precarious position that starts the whole plot. Right. And he gets find, f- found by a bunch yeah. of, I don't want to say natives, but a bunch of Nicaraguans who are yeah. pro-government, although they're abused by their own government, but they're, they're the right. communist side. And there's all this talk against the United States and the, yeah. the Sandys, who are the insurgent rebels. Right. right. The, the villagers are more or less caught in between the Sandinistas and the Contras, right? The Sandinistas come around and train them a little bit and are trying to recruit them, more or less. Yes. More or less yeah. trying to recruit um, them, yeah. But I think they would probably be happy just living along Lake Nicaragua and... And calling it good. Yep. <laughs> and doing their thing without being taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But that doesn't happen. Right. And so Solo gets to be the hero and learn about yep. uh, heroism and necessary sacrifice and, you know, murder when required. And humanity. And, and starting and to think things, about yeah. what a, a uh, just cause is. Right. Right. Yeah. Be- because he, he is trained that the commies are the bad guys. Right. Right. And then he fi- yeah. finds himself in this situation where he gets helped by these people and comes to, to care for them, even though, of course, they were... On paper, the bad guys. Yes. Right. In fact, most of the, not most of the book, but there's a big chunk of the book, which is him struggling with the same kind of things we struggle with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who am I? The nature of good versus evil. Right. Um, My understanding of self as it is and how I relate to other people and other things. Yeah. And ego. (laughs) Yeah. And although he's coming at it from, you know, a completely artificial side, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like watching a child develop a sense of self. It very much is. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to say. Like, right. We've, we've, we've talked on some of the previous episodes about how we haven't been doing a ton of science fiction lately, but this is great science fiction. Yeah. Um, because like the, the nature of how, how does intelligence manifest itself? How, what makes a person a person, right? It's, it's very much. A lot of it reminded me of the, a lot of dialogue with data from TNG. Sure. (laughs) And then also, um, Clockwork, the that, the Daniel H. Wilson, yes, stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the name? The of Clockwork it? Dynasty. The Clockwork yeah, Dynasty. Yeah, Thank you. Good book. Yeah. yeah. We say that not just because he let us come over to his house and say and, and interview. Him. <laughs> no, no, he legitimately writes good stuff. Yeah, that was and good. I, read. Yeah, he should write more. I would. So read. yeah, there was a lot of confluences between all the different Android stuff that we've been exposed to over the last right you know, and and uh, decades. I guess I'll, I'll spoil one thing that we a question that I put in for the author was it reminded me a little bit of the Adam Link stories from the original iRobot, not the Asimov, right? Where you know. Essentially, you have this artificial person who disguises himself and, and goes around taking on different roles, helping people in, in certain mm-hmm. times. At, at some point, he's like a PI, you know, and, yeah, right. and, uh, <laughs> and that it reminded me of that. There's, there wasn't a conscious inspiration from that. So we can skip that question when we get to it. That's what kind of makes me want to read the second novel, Solo. Yeah, it's, see, it's, see what he does. Harkening back to the Adam Link stuff. and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the hallmarks of you know, good story. You want more mm-hmm. at the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and uh, what else happens to this? Yeah, person? I think the the ebook that I read had a little like snippet or intro or something like that for the sequel. And oh. I'm like, oh, I want to read this now. And I looked, but it wasn't on the on the neck. I'm like, dang it! So I gotta <laughs> gotta go find it. Oh, so <laughs> let's let's stop for just a minute because we haven't really gotten into spoilers. And of course, we always spoil everything. But let's let's right. go around and talk. It sounds like we all like the book. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, yes, James. How long did it take you to read? <laughs> uh, about six hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nice. And it didn't take you very long either. 
Uh, in total time, no, but it took me a number of days to get through it because I just didn't have a lot of time for reading stuff. Right. Mm, right. Yeah, that was that was my situation. And then um, baseball season has started back up. And one of my things that I like to do is oh, read yeah. a book while I'm watching a baseball game because you can you can look down, then you look back up, and you look down, and you look back Such up. Such is the nature of baseball. It is. It's perfect for it. So. <laughs> well, until the shot clock, the pitch clock. The pitch clock makes it a little more challenging, but it it still it still works. You can get a sentence in. So that <laughs> sentence. That what she said. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, we all, we all read through this one pretty quick. It's a quick read. It's, it's not dense in any way, right? Yeah. No. I don't know. I figure I like me some military science fiction, so that worked out. I mean, there's a long portion of this where it, there isn't much fighting, yeah. right? It's, yeah. It's him in the environment. Yeah, yeah. In Nicaragua. Yeah. And sometimes Costa Rica. Right. Costa Rica. Nicaragua. Yes. Yeah. I was kind of fascinated with the idea of the um, emergent intelligence yes. versus designed intelligence. This idea that he had a whole bunch of interconnected mm-hmm. processors and, you know, almost like a, like a child's brain developing. Although right. I think a child's brain has more help starting to recognize mm-hmm. shape and identity and motion and yeah, like heuristics, right. Versus, yeah. yeah. Versus something that's deliberately, or I should say uh, deterministically programmed. Yeah. 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 In fact, the author has some pretty cool notes at the end of the book Yeah, that talk about, you know, what, Artificial intelligence was thought about at MIT mm-hmm. in the, I want to say in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can provide a link to that because those author yeah. notes are actually online on the author's website. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was neat. It was neat reading through those notes. And like, yeah, the MIT yeah. department and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. one of the, yeah, the robot was trained to recognize a door. You know, mm-hmm. that's artificial intelligence. Unfortunately, one of the doors was decorated and didn't look like the rest. So it went to the wrong door right, right. and was going to fall downstairs, but it had a cliff detection routine. <laughs> and instead of having intelligence, yeah. it's just applying this or this or this or this. Right. right. It, it reminds me of that uh, story in iRobot where the robot ends up circling mm-hmm. uh, at the at a point of equal potential between oh, self-preservation yeah. and having to complete the mission. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, how much can you program in? If, yeah. if you're just going with hard-coded things, like walking, right? If you try to program in, and I think this gets into one of his answers. Maybe we should just do kind of sprinkle it in. Um, because I think I asked about the the idea of essentially the brain having to be, having to learn like a baby, like a human baby. Mm-hmm. And, and he said something about walking, I think, in there. So Seth asked the question, uh, most robot stories have the brain essentially intact before the robot is activated. What gave you the idea to have Solo essentially to learn like a human infant. And his response is, and I apologize, I'm reading this word for word, which won't be interesting to people, but I'm sure Mr. Mason would do it much more interestingly than me. My ideas about how advanced AI would take place were inspired by Marvin Minsky's The Society of Mind. Uh, Dr. Minsky of MIT invented the term artificial intelligence and was an avid fan of Solo. Hmm. I really nice. hope he means the book. Or the character. I would interpret that as the character. Okay, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Uh, the gist of his thesis was that abilities such as walking and grasping, etc., could only be learned because trying to program all possible moves for an arm, for example, wouldn't be able to adjust for all possible changing circumstances. The mm. machine would have to learn on its own. Uh, this premise is behind the success of the advanced AI chatbot uh, chat GPT, which is not programmed to respond like it does. Mm. It is learned by being exposed to millions, billions of examples of how humans use language. It's very right. topical to bring in chat GPT. Yeah. So. Uh, and in fact, uh, toward the end, I asked him about that. Oh. So there's a whole series of these. We'll, we'll sprinkle them through as they're appropriate. I said, you know, in the author's notes in 1989, you wrote about neural networks and talking to an AI tonight or today we have chat GPT, Bard and others. Have you tried talking to any of them? And he goes, 
I love hanging out with ChatGPT. As a matter of fact, ChatGPT has written blurbs for the revised editions of Weapon and Soul that I'm working on now. I figured who better than Advanced AI could review the Advanced AI robot known as Solo. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So one of the questions which I asked as we were leading up to this, as we're Uh putting our questions together, was, you know, I... There was, there's a bunch of characters in the book, and one mm-hmm. of them is Eusebio's sister, Ahila. Right. Mm-hmm. One time, maybe two times, it's written Angela. Right. Angela. And so I said, what's what? Because I, I could miss a bunch of the other errors, yeah. and there were a lot yeah. of them, but I, I want to know what a person's name is. That's an mm-hmm. important thing to me. Yeah. And he goes, it's definitely Ahila, and I will be putting out revised editions of all the ebooks with all the errors corrected in July. Oh, nice. Okay. So, nice. Cool. in July, look for republished versions of this, uh, probably with new author's notes. Uh, all the ebook translation cool. things fixed mm-hmm. and uh, new cover oh, and cool. blurbs from chat GPT. Nice. <laughs> that that's, is cool. That's smart. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. slick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think it was topical that we were doing this content uh, surrounding all the things that have come out in recent months for right. chat GPT and uh, I think uh, Bing's new thing. Um, right. And Google's got one yeah. as well. But they've been trying to yeah. avoid embarrassment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google's thing is barred. And ChatGPT, right. I think, is Microsoft's, isn't it? No, ChatGPT is separate. Microsoft is another one. I forget the name of it, but it, there was a guy in the in New York Times who uh, spent like two and a half or three hours or something like that talking to ChatGPT and mm-hmm. ended up like it falling in love with him and like threatening to like destroy humans or something like that. It was really, it got really like, um, like morose. And it was just, I think like, I saw one of those weird, where, where like yeah. it's getting really clingy and like, well, don't leave me. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it got really weird. Yeah. Well, and so that, that's the fascinating thing about this. And one thing that I love about the book is anytime there's a discussion of, the possible end consequences of, of creating something, you know, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like when in, I think, did we name the episode for Colossus? The scientists should read Frankenstein. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's right. <laughs> because, because there's the, there's the great part. One of my favorite parts is when Bill is basically just waxing philosophic about how basically solo could become Skynet with hands mm-hmm. um, and legs, you know, right. where, yeah. where solo might decide, um, no, you know, humans, you can't be trusted to decide who's on the right, right side of an issue. And right, we were just talking about like, taking over satellites and all that stuff, which, yeah. which kind of reminded me of um, uh, iRobot. The, I guess it would have been the screenplay version, where they kind of like took over the management of the planet. And oh, no, humans it's, were it's like, in the book oh, cool. too. Yeah, the inevitable conflict. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that concept actually comes out later on in Asimov's novels as the zeroth law. Right. 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 A robot shall not it shall shall protect humanity. Right. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. to not allow harm to come to humanity. Yeah. Which I was totally on board with being on board with being the uh, in Europe for that version of it. Like I'll, I'll hang out in the vineyard and just drink wine. All the you know, end. this stuff kind of came up. <laughs> almost, <laughs> I, almost sort of came up in the Mandalorian actually this week because there's the the society that's entirely uh, underpinned by droids, right? right? And and at first I thought when they're when they're talking about the malfunctions, I thought, oh, are the droids figuring out? We need to take care of the humans. Oh. Occas- occasionally, we need to really take care of a human. Yeah. Um, uh, season one of Picard too. Since I just yep. finished that, I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. I thought it was more like the time machine. I thought the Ugnaughts were going to be like the Morlocks. Right. Oh, yeah. And the yeah, people yeah. on top, you know, the humans were going to be the Eloi, and yeah. they're right. sending robots up to try and disrupt them and kill them. and mm-hmm. Robots. All, kind of, all kinds of good stuff. Robots. Yeah. 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 That's the cool thing about science fiction. You you can begin to see those those thoughts and trends kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. 
I can tell Colin's excited we got back to science fiction. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, like you said, right, there's so many so many threads out there, and all the science fiction is in conversation with it, mm-hmm. you know, with with each other, right? And so even right. if there's not direct influence from Adam Link, yeah. you know, it, it was there. And, but, yeah, and so I anybody mean, who writes it's, it's art, a robot right? story. It's all, it's all yeah. art. Art influences art. I mean, yeah, yeah that's... The, the, the fine line of plagiarism and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Well, Asimov <laughs> even comes up in the book, right? I don't know who Asimov is, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Because uh, Solo does not have the three laws. And he's decided, right. essentially, that I'm not sure it's that great to kill people just because I'm told to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather study insects. Yeah. And he's, he's more okay with killing people when it's defending innocent life. Like situational right. ethics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was part of it that I was, I was disappointed in myself because I've, I've studied Spanish. One of the people, so in the, in the story, some of the communists kidnap some of the kids and they're going to indoctrinate them to become send, uh, yeah, Sandinistas mm-hmm. in the future. And one of the characters name is stick. Mm. Solo goes after the kids to rescue them. Well, his name is stick. stick. His name is Paula. Oh, that's stick. I know, but it's Paula, not oh. stick. Oh, yeah. But he yes. Gets, he gets impaled on it, right? <laughs> He gets impaled on a <laughs> stick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. How, and that's even called out directly. <laughs> right. Because people were not going to pick up on that like me. Well, right. was he not the rapist as well? He was he was the rapist. Yes. So, so I thought, mm, yeah, there's also some uh, involuntary penetration going on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because because it said he was right. He was skewered from the groin. Right up, up to the, the bung. Bung hole. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. so most of the time, you know, there is a rape scene in this. So content warning, trigger warning. Um, right. I'm not a big fan of a rape scene in a book, especially if it's prurient, where, where it just, it's almost like titillating. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think you should write this kind of thing in titillating terms. Um, right. Here, like, follow like the stuff. And, yeah. Really? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, for as far as that goes... I've read worse and not liked it yeah, yeah. worse. Yeah. No, it was violent. It was obviously an act of violence. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and so I was I was more okay with it, but if if, mm-hmm. if that kind of thing is triggering to you then then you know, it might it's warn there. you off. Yeah. Um, you can kinda tell when it's gonna happen. Um but it's the kind of thing that happens too in in wars. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. men suck. <laughs> um I, I don't I don't I'm curious. Um I haven't read Chicken Hawk, uh, Robert Mason's uh Kind of, I'm not sure if it's a novel or if it's nonfiction. It's it's in, about his experiences in Vietnam. Uh, but I get oh, the impression okay. that yeah. he's not a huge fan of officers <laughs> because because <laughs> when he's talking about Clyde, uh, yeah, says, Clyde knew how he'd gotten his job and that he was incompetent, but he'd forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely like officers that get their position due to politics, and mm. officers that get their positions due to merit. And yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've had those experiences too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had those in the corporate world as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. people are yeah. The, the stereotype is people are promoted to their mm-hmm. level of incompetence and yes. they stay there. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that's where Clyde is, right? And and he's right. He knows if this project doesn't come off, he's pretty much finished. Right. So. So anything else about the book? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I, I like this. Um, you know, Hustos. Is it Hustos? Yeah. Hustos. Yeah. Hustos. See, um, Hustos says to Felix, one of the other people, he says, what a, what a world we live in, huh? We can build things so complicated we can't understand them. We can go to other worlds. And at the same time, we attack helpless farmers, kill them, <laughs> rape their children, and yeah. burn all they own. That's some world, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of messed up, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, he's, he's right on. It's so. the same world Spot today. On. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I liked, so there's a lot of characters to not like, right? Because there's basically everybody who's going after Solo right. other than Bill, because Bill seems to actually care about Solo. Right. Um, but everybody else, you know, there's the CIA guy, Warren, I think, yeah. um, who's, who's going after him. And, and he, he's undercover as a journalist. And he, oh, and he makes CBS, a mistake of right. being specific about which agency he worked for. Um, and to me, like when the guy comes over and says, oh, I heard you're from CBS. I, if I'm him, I would have gone, no, no, ABC. <laughs> in, in broadcasting series. Right, right. yeah, some, something else, yeah. Uh, <laughs> BBC. Uh, no, no, the other CBS. Yeah, but, but I did like where essentially he turned the tables on that guy. And oh yeah, was like yeah, oh, yeah, let, yeah. let me give you a little inkling of who you're messing with here. Yeah, right. And now you're going to apologize and thank me for not doing worse things to you. Pretty much. Yeah. It's probably worth mentioning the morphology of Solo in the book. He is bipedal, right? right. But he is not humaniform, right? I mean, he, he, no, he, he no. he's not he's not a cyborg. He is a robot, right? He doesn't have an exo skin like Terminator or. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the movie. like from a distance, you might mistake him for a person, but up close, you know, he he right. just looks like an armored. Not, I don't, I didn't picture him like a you know T eight hundred series or, or anything like that. Um, just an exoskeleton because he had a. I kind of pictured him like the uh, bipedal robot in uh, Three Robots, from Love, Death, and Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, in in silhouette or something else, you would definitely recognize yeah. that as humanoid. Yeah. yeah. But when the lights go on and you see right. that there's. Yeah, the X X three thousand or whatever he was. Eyes yeah. or teeth or right. He's hair. got like little cameras, just like the, the robot and the three robots. Yeah, yeah. Only all completely black. Mm-hmm. Right. No, Sonny has uh, Sonny has eyes. Yeah, but they're like little cameras. He no, pops out. He pops out the Xbox button. What are eyes but cameras? <laughs> well, yeah. Touche. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I feel like that's an important point to make that he he does not look human. No, right. Not, not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, at one point. Uh, he's powered down, and he allows the um, the villagers to take them back to their village, and they start uncoiling this plug they found. They thought it was wrapped around him. Right. It turns out it's stored in it's him, a, and there's yeah. so much of it. It's like, this this was not wrapped <laughs> around his waist. <laughs> got a hollow yeah. leg. You got a hollow leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like the, the bit about, you know, my brain isn't in my head, which makes total sense. I don't right. know why you would ever build a robot and put the brain in the head. Just put it in wherever you can put the most armor. Right. Although it makes sense he'd have all that bunch of camera stuff in his head to do all the different camera things he does. Sure. Sure. I think we, we should get to the other questions as well, unless, unless there's other stuff that we want to talk about about the book. Most um, of the other questions have to do with, with the, the movie? Uh, adaption. Although there okay. is a question about, Oh good. I want to get to um, <laughs> what is the, what is the risk of developing autonomous or semi-autonomous weapons? Mm. Right. You asked the question, Seth, uh, drone warfare is becoming more and more common. Do you think we're likely to see ground level drones in the near future? And uh, Mr. Mason said, yes, robots, robots like Boston dynamics dog have been weaponized right. and tested. The ability to launch an attack with a pack of these machines would be devastatingly effective as well as safe for the shol- soldiers guiding them. Mm-hmm. The army has done tests with autonomous armed flying drones, which operate in flocks and which can assault an enemy force with overwhelming numbers with deadly consequences. Yeah. And that's the thing where I feel like the, at least our current state of art, state of the art about um, drone warfare mm-hmm. is, you know, the processing is happening somewhere else, right? right. The, the, the machine is dumb, essentially, right. and it's being controlled by, by a person from far away. And with the, with the Boston Dynamics dogs, which are awesome. Yeah. Um, right. Have you ever seen things where like the person's trying to kick it over, trying to knock it over? It's really cool. Um, <laughs> They Better luck up. next time, yes. slow head. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, like there's not a lot of 
uh, there's no decision making being done in the unit itself, right? It's all offsite. Yeah. yeah just for like the weaponized phone. ones. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was adapted to a movie starring Mario Van Peebles, <laughs> which, you know, I've enjoyed some Mario Van Peebles over, over the, over the years, not Highlander three, the final dimension. <laughs> Although he did his very best. He chewed all the scenery um, and, and he was a fun villain. He was just trying to evoke the Kurgan. Um, New Jack city is a very good movie. Um, Heartbreak Ridge. Oh, he's in that one, right? Yeah. New, New Jack City, he was in it and he directed it. Um, wow. And I can't remember oh, who wow. wrote it as well. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a filmmaker for a long cool. time. And th- there's, there's a movie where he plays his own father. Like a, I don't know if it's fictionalized or if it's uh, an actual thing, but he, his father's name was Melvin Van Peebles, I think. Hmm. Um, huh. So I kind of wanted to see that movie. I can't remember what it's called. Um, 8%. Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was a bomb, too. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was super expensive. It certainly does not look super expensive. This no, is true. It cost $20 million. Ooh. Oh, really? That's pretty steep okay. for 1996. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, let, it's let me post, double check that. Maybe it's I'm post-Water it World, right? But it, Which was like the, <laughs> the no, most notably expensive $90 million dollar movie or something yeah, at the yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, the budget was $19 million. The box office? 5.1. Ouch. Ouch. Which explains why right. they didn't make a, a sequel called Weapon. Right. <laughs> That's how they would have perfectly inverted it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this movie would fit in very well with like sci-fi original movies in terms of the production values and everything because it's it it all looks cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, and the shame of it is is that for the most part that that cheapness doesn't really happen until the ending battle. Yeah. You know, they made the decision mm-hmm. to put a human face on Solo. Mm-hmm. Right. And 1996 level technology, I think probably it probably makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. You you could have wrapped him in a costume and, you know, done like, you know, C-3PO, right? C-3PO was a dude in a costume, mm-hmm. but it was such a skinny dude that it, it totally works, right? Right. Yeah. But he also not has a limited hero. range of movement yeah. and it's not an action right. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, the, I guess that's what I'm saying right at the top here. This book is ripe for a remake movie. Yeah. <laughs> Readaptation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because Tokyo now they'd be rad. Yeah, yeah, could totally do. Totally be a like sick CG robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's or motion capture, right? Right, yeah. right mocap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was part of the questions that I asked Mr. Mason. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. um, when I talk to an author, or if I talk to a screenwriter or a director, I want to know about the process of adaptation. How yeah. did we get from mm-hmm, A mm-hmm. to B? And for an author, I kind of want to know how you felt about it. So yeah. Yeah, I asked him, it. you know, how how was <laughs> how was it adapted? And it turns out that. According to Mr. Mason's editor at Putnam back in the day, someone in their staff sent unauthorized an early manuscript to 20th Century Fox. Or like an early draft of the screenplay? No, an early draft of the novel. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, gosh. Fox loved it. <laughs> and they sent him a, a, an agreement and a check. And the check was for $250,000. All right. Okay. Which is a nice piece of change yeah, for a yeah, bunch yeah. of words like that. Not too shabby. <laughs> um, and the, the script they wrote, he says it was a nice script. It followed the main points of the book. It was in the locale as he described it. However, their proposed star was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and he did not want to wear a robot suit in a movie. And so the, <laughs> the film rights were sold. He's to not the Sony. right guy to put in a robot suit. No, either. no, no, no. I, I mean, he makes total sense for something with a big beefy endoskeleton. Yes. Right. But so if you want something that looks like it's 300 pounds, he's not the right guy because he looks like it could be 300 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want someone like uh, JJ Walker. Uh, you want someone, I'm trying to think of a 90s action star that's You want someone like Michael Bean. There we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So this person should not weigh 300 pounds, but they're really heavy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Right. Someone um, lean. 
Yeah. There's no yeah, reason yeah. for him to be beefy, right? Right. right. We're, we're respect where it's due. Mara Van Peebles shredded. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, that was ripped. Yeah. Wait, wait, okay. So Fox had the rights, then they sold the movie rights to somebody else? Because they couldn't get their preferred actor, Schwarzenegger, to do it, so they okay. sold it to Sony. There was a new screenwriter that was hired who wrote mm-hmm. a new script. I just can't oh. get over the fact that Schwarzenegger is completely the wrong person to star in this movie. <laughs> Why would you pay an Arnold Schwarzenegger to wrap him in metal? Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know right. why you would do that. Yeah. yeah. You would get uh, one of the, the backup actors for uh, Pedro Pascal from Mandalorian. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right? exactly. You're about the same size, about the same build. Get in here. We'll put the voiceover on top of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then he goes on. The movie had so little to do with Weapon. I wondered why they had bothered to pay him for the film rights. Well, they pay you for the film rights because you were the source material. Oh, right. And he knows this already. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. like a shame and a waste. Yeah. So then I, huh. I followed on and I said, IMDb lists you as one of the writers because Dang. it's adapted. Did the screenwriter consult with you at all in the screenplay? How involved were you? And uh, he had no involvement in all. In fact, he didn't know it was in no production kidding. until huh. a friend of his called him and said, yeah, we saw an interview about your <laughs> movie, which is coming out on TV. <laughs> oh, my movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so then we get to CGI. I said, uh, one of the major changes from the book to the movie was moving the character of Solo from a human-shaped robot to Mario Van Peebles acting like a robot. Can you talk a little about the change and how it affects the story? If the story was made today with all the CGI that's available, would you prefer Solo to stay a robot instead of a human? And he says, my most vehement objection to the movie was that Solo was portrayed as an android. Solo was an obvious mechanical robot, talking about his portrayal in the novel. Mm-hmm. And that contrast was necessary to the story. The story is not about the action. It's about him and the AI and the, yeah. con- the conflicts that he encounters and how he overcomes them. Mm-hmm. I think that if the movie were made today, certainly CGI would allow for something much closer to what I intended. You mm-hmm. could even go full CGI. Yeah. Not put people in it at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, however, as many others can attest, most film producers don't care much about what the uh, writer thinks. <laughs> um, writer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I believe you edited out an F-bomb in there. Didn't I may you? have. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I did read that one. Uh, yeah. And then I, I asked him about, um, as an IP holder, did you want to see a completely faithful adaptation of your work? Or were you excited to see how your work inspired the final, inspired the final movie? I put that quote in there because I know that Stephen Gould, the author of Jumper, mm-hmm. was not as locked into canonical faithfulness as I might be, for mm-hmm. example, right? Sure. He's like, yeah, it's an interesting place where they took it. Right. Uh, he says uh, in he says back to me, like most beginners, I knew the producers would make changes to the story for the film. However, I hope the movie would, in some ways at least, follow my story. <laughs> so it, it, it took the very basic veneer of the of the of the right the novel weapon they had the, they the, had the nod so nod to entomology there were nods to it but the, the story is but, yeah. about solo right it's not about the, right. the conflict in there and and yeah. the movie the movie makes the mistake of making it a eventually robot versus robot showdown right um which it's hilarious because william sadler like, <laughs> he, he, as soon as he came on screen i was like it's kick puncher from, <laughs> from the community <laughs> it looked really bad um and yeah, not not good at all. Yeah. Uh, very young Adrian Brody. Yeah. One of, one of his early right. roles. Yep. Uh, future Corbin Academy Burns. Award winner. Corbin Burnson. Not Corbin Burnson. Corbin. Dallas Multipass. <laughs> Dallas Multipass. No. Uh, the Clyde. The general. He was also the general from. Oh, Barry Corbin. Barry Corbin. Yeah. Thank you. He was also the general from War Games. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Last I saw him on was Yellowstone, I think. He played a very old cowboy. Which makes sense. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, and this is the trouble. Anytime you do an adaptation of something where you're very much in a main character's head, 
how do you portray that? And the movie tried in a few places to kind of show his decision matrix about things, right? And, yeah. and show what he was analyzing. But it was you very didn't, Robocop that way. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah that before, was the, the, the pick lists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very, yeah. very 90s in that way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Totally remember Robocop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but like all of the, the continuing contact with Bill, you know, that, that was very much missing from, from this adaptation. Yeah. It does leave itself open for a sequel, but of course it didn't happen. Right. Well, and it could, yeah, a very different movie could have done it. Yeah. Even like in terms of filmmaking, I didn't feel like the action directing was all that great. Uh, there, there were some, some, there was some cool mayhem, I suppose, at the end. He, he did do the pin, pin a guy to something with the staff, right? <laughs> with the stick. Which I think was probably a nod to the book. I'm glad they kind of cut out the rapey stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it just, it kind of struck me as a, it was a little long Honestly, I I don't even know how long the movie was. Hour and a half. Yeah, it, but yeah, it, it should have been a tight ninety. Yeah, it, but it felt like maybe two. Nah, it didn't really feel like. I, I don't know. I didn't think it felt. I got to bored. me, it didn't feel that much longer. Yeah, but. I I got bored, and and so I I thought is the movie no? I guess we haven't gotten the because I I got spoiled <laughs> on the uh, improved solo played by William Sadler. Oh, when I was just looking at the cast, I'm like, oh, interesting, you know, and it said William Sadler uh, as yeah. okay. whatever his name was, and. Improved so. Uh, oh, okay. I know what they're doing here. Yeah, because yeah. there is reference in the book that they are building another. Right? Yeah, right. Um, that that solo is just a prototype. Right, and that's part of the plot for the book Solo. Uh, solo becomes determined he's going to rescue his you know brother Nimrod. Oh, <laughs> Nimrod the Great Hunter. Uh, that reminds me a little bit of Colossus, right? It he goes online and says there is another. Yeah. Now connect us or Yoda. Yeah, it reminded me more of the network effect. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. another where there's the uh, well, it comes up a couple of different ways. There's another security bot, and then mm-hmm. uh, Murderbot, you know, forks himself, which was like totally right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you read the Murderbot? Yeah, Murderbot is okay. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think and, uh, we get a couple more of those from yeah. Miss Wells and Art. Art is such a great character. Art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Art was fantastic. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> I still want to. I still want to see the, the the series. You know, um, adapted. No, uh, rise of the no, fall of sanctuary moon. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> the rise and fall of sanctuary moon. <laughs> I want to see a couple of plot. I want to see a couple of screenplays. I want a short. <laughs> uh, what, what I hope is when we eventually get an adaptation of the Murderbot books, that you see oh. some of you see some of it, and it's all soft focus uh, soap opera lighting. Oh, <laughs> That's oh yeah. What I want it to be <laughs> Telemundo style uh, dramatics. You know. Well, and I think it would that really would lend fantastic. itself to the kind of current short series work that that yeah. we're seeing right now on streaming totally. services yeah. because uh i don't think you'd want to sit okay i would i think it would work better it's it, it's a shorter work mm-hmm. you're not going to add a lot to it mm-hmm. uh you're going to put in the action where you need action go from there yeah right well yeah it, it, it would adapt to series quite well i think but we're not talking about murderbot <laughs> no, no i think we're about wrapping we're talking about movie. a murderbot but not the murderbot right exactly <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode title. <laughs> a, a Murderbot, not the Murderbot. <laughs> so if we're close to wrapping, yeah, I want to take the time to say, Mr. Mason, thank you so much yeah. for uh, responding to my emails and answering our questions. It meant a lot to us. It was tons of fun to learn about. Every time we do this, whether we have a guest on or we do an interview, I learn so much about the process from yeah. the individual yeah. stories and then kind of overall what goes on. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Muchas gracias, amigo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Making it appropriate for the, the media. Yeah. See? So yeah, not a good movie. 
I, 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 right. I'm going to ask us to rank them. And I'm going to be shocked. <laughs> Is it going to be another unanimous? Uh, I believe so. Book movie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go book, author's notes, preview of next book, <laughs> and Fifty Feet of Crap. <laughs> and then you know, I feel so bad for the actors. It's not like there yeah. were bad actors in there. I'm sure right. that they did their best. Yeah. Uh, I think Mario Van Peebles chose this movie because he was looking at something to explore other aspects of acting that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I feel bad that it didn't turn out, you know, turn out like people wanted. Yeah. So, and then a movie. I'll, I'll just go book movie, just to keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> give us your, give us a save. Yeah. James? What? Oh, he already What's said. your ranking? Yeah. Oh, you oh, started I said, Yeah. Okay. I started off. I, I went ahead and just assumed all of us were book movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just, you just expanded it, that's all. <laughs> yeah. So that is some science fiction. Uh, let's not talk about what we're going to do next. We, we, we have... Things lined up. We have, we have things in the pipeline. Actually, no. Let's talk about what, what oh. we were thinking about doing for next month, the, the Japanese one. There's an adaptation of uh, a public domain short story. From 1909? From 1909 called The Voice in the Night. Uh, and it's adapted into the 1963, and I will check on those dates when we actually do the podcast, uh, horror movie Matango. And uh, since The Last of Us is all the rage, I went and found us some adapted fungal fiction. Yes. <laughs> and it was adapted to an anthology show as well. It was. And I believe that it's on YouTube. Okay. So oh, we, could, we could do the short adaptation and the long adaptation. And I think the short adaptation is the more canonical. So Could be. That'd make more sense. Yeah. And then we have some other fun stuff in store for this summer, but we don't have to give it all away. Yeah. yeah. Stir fry yourself some mushroom, boys, girls, yeah. everybody else. There were mushrooms in this movie, right? In in, in this movie. Uh, I think you've been eating too many, <laughs> too many mushrooms, Abuelita. <laughs> Abuelita, what are you doing again? <laughs> uh, it's the only way to fly. All right. Uh, I think that'll do it for this time. So let us All know. Right. Have you have you read the book Weapon? Have you seen the movie Solo? Uh, and what did you think of all that? And not the Star Wars of, movie. Not, no, no, not Star Wars <laughs> And what did you think of the, the interactions that we had with the author? Thank you, Colin, by the way, for doing that. You betcha. He, he did not ask for permission to do it. He just carte blanche, which is, of course, entirely correct. I did. I promise not to reach out to the author for the next one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the author is long dead. <laughs> I could find a mycologist, though. That might be fun. Talk a little bit about The Last of Us and The Girl with All the Gifts. And... Anywho, thanks, everybody, for listening. So until next time, may the road rise up to... May the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. I completely lost the, the script there. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Um, all right. Adios. Bye, everybody. Adios. Adios, amigos. <laughs>